0: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, weekdays 1230 to 3,
1: 770, CHQR. Well, I should stay at the top. I mean, the, the UN, the United Nations, I, I think has shown itself to be, by and large, kind of a, a useless institution, but not in all instances. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a real sense of frustration with the United Nations. And, and, you know, certainly we as, as Canadians uh, should feel the same. Uh, that said, though, I mean, it doesn't mean that, that anything the U.N. comes up with is necessarily sinister or bad. I mean, the U.N. is, is basically the sum of its parts. On certain issues, there, there's a need for some international cooperation. In lieu of anything else, often, you know, I mean, the, the U.N. is it. I think for Canada, we, we have different ways of working with our allies. We have different forms in which to advance certain issues. And, and sometimes those other forms are a lot more valuable than, than the U.N. Uh, but on the issue of migration and refugees, it is a worldwide problem. So it is logical that there would be some international cooperation on the issue. And that's what's led to the U.N. Compact on Migration. Now, not every country is on board. The Americans made it clear last year uh, that they weren't going to sign on to this. Some other countries have followed their lead. There's now debate in Ottawa about whether Canada should be a part of it. Here was uh, the exchange in question period yesterday between Conservative leader Andrew Scheer and Prime Minister Trudeau. Mr.
2: Speaker, the Liberals have admitted that non-binding agreements like the Global Compact on Migration can become customary international law and inform the interpretation of domestic law. This compact also contains language around sensitizing and educating journalists on how they should report about immigration. Canadians want their government, not foreign entities, to be in control of our immigration system, a system that is orderly, compassionate and fair. Will the Prime Minister assure Canadians that he will not sign on to the United Nations Global Compact on Migration?
1: It's interesting, Mr. Speaker, in a a question about sensitizing journalists, he's quoting rebel media talking points. Mr. Speaker, we are going to continue to stand up for immigration, knowing that defending diversity as a source of strength and welcoming people through a rigorous immigration system from around the world is what has made Canada strong and indeed something the world needs more of, not less of, like they want to bring in. All right. So, look, it feels to me like both sides are kind of politicizing this. I I think from the liberals' perspective, they want to portray themselves as uh, supportive uh, of refugees and immigrants and the conservatives. They're against all of those things. I think there's some political posturing going on here. Uh, But I think there's some fear-mongering going on here as well from the other side uh, about this UN compact, which is in no way binding on Canada. And it's something that our next guest... Uh, pointed out uh, on Twitter yesterday. Now, Chris Alexander, uh, former federal immigration minister, also former ambassador to Pakistan, uh, joins us on the line this afternoon. Mr. Alexander, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program.
2: Thanks, Rob. Great to be here. All right. Well, obviously... Ambassador, you... ambassador to Afghanistan.
1: Just to... Oh, Afghanistan. My apologies. No problem. Um, so, you, you've been watching this debate. I've been watching this debate as well. And, first of all, what have you made uh, of the debate so far?
2: Well, uh... I think it's important to discuss these things uh, responsibly. Um, Let's be honest, the the world's politics have changed in, let's say, the last 10 years, especially the last couple of years, because migration policy hasn't kept up with reality. Um, I'd go back to the war in Syria, which created the biggest refugee crisis since the Second World War by many measures. Uh, and, and caused this huge crisis in Europe, which is still torquing European politics in all kinds of unwelcome directions. That's because Europe didn't have a real border. That's because European migration policy wasn't up to the task of coping. And that's because the whole world let a genocide happen. So <clears throat> th- this discussion is partly, is now urgent because of things we failed to do in the past. At the same time, I'm, I'm sad to see uh, a conservative leader not being the champion of safe, regular, and orderly migration. Because I really think that is what conservatives have always done in this country from the very beginning over centuries, uh, welcoming people here in a way that is singular and exceptional because we had laws in place, because we had a strong economy, because we had uh, a welcoming environment that made it all possible and you know we wouldn't have 36 37 million people in Canada without that kind of growth without that ambitious program which started uh as i say 200 years ago long even before Sir John A Macdonald uh and so i think uh you know my point yesterday was simply that Andrew Sheer was buying into rhetoric that isn't accurate about this pact it 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 is not a treaty or agreement that is legally binding on any of us it's a political declaration and it actually in its draft form reflects things that we already have in Canada I think it's about helping other countries in the world put in place standards and legislation to uh, ensure migration happens responsibly refugees are treated decently asylum claims happen uh, and, and human rights are respected in places where that is not happening right now. So it's about taking Canadian leadership to the world, in my view. And I'd like to see we, us as conservatives uh, championing that kind of approach.
1: All right. So you feel then there's a case to be made for for being a part of this combat?
2: Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. very concretely, I, I was Minister of Citizenship and Immigration under Stephen Harper, took over from Jason Kenney, yeah. and was asked by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, which is essentially um, the, the, the Marshall Plan, as it has been institutionalized since the Second World War, uh, to, to chair a meeting on migration, a high-level policy meeting on migration, on migration of ministers uh, back at the end of 2014. And Canada was asked to do that because we were seen as setting the standard. Uh, and I think we're still, you know, even though the current government has failed to manage our asylum program properly, failed to manage the borders properly, we're still a pretty strong example of how these sh- things could work and uh, should work. And I think we should uh, be using the U.N. to take that message further because it's in our interest. Of course, it's, it's great for other countries to do better and, and to discover.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com/system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com/system.:
2: uh, How well these things can work when you do it properly. But it's also in our interest because if the world isn't going to hell in a handbasket, and trade and uh, orderly exchanges of talent around the world are happening, that helps Canada as well.
1: Well, it does, and, and certainly you look at some of the, uh, the the language in this compact where it talks about, for example, uh, one of the objectives is to cooperate in facilitating a safe and dignified return and readmission of migrants. In, in other words, to help them return. Uh, yeah. to, to their original countries, right? And, and that, that's obviously uh, a laudable goal. Exactly. And that's, right.
2: Some, something we worked on for years in Afghanistan. You know, they, before Syria, the biggest source of refugees in recent decades had been Afghanistan, and they were mostly in Pakistan and Iran. And one of the great successes still to the state of that Afghan mission is that millions of people went home to Afghanistan. And we, we'd love to see there be better security in Afghanistan so even more people could go home, and we hope one day people would be able to go home to Syria. But that takes a lot of work, and it takes burden-sharing, and it takes um, programs to, you know, we had to help support the people who went back to Afghanistan. They had nothing. Uh, and Canada-funded uh, programs, as did many other people, countries around the world, to help them go back. It was, it was one of the, the early days, the early successes. And the current um, High Commissioner for Refugees in the UN system right now Filippo Grandi, whom I replaced in a mission, in the political mission in Afghanistan, he was in charge of that refugee program. So he knows what success looks like. And I think he and Luis Arbour, a Canadian, who's leading this effort to uh, bring about a global compact. They know what the goal should be. Uh, the problem is in Canada. You know, we may or may not fully understand what the importance of this compact is. We may or may not have a deep debate about it. The problem is in other countries where people are shutting borders, violating rights. Uh, neglecting the, the importance of these issues, and, and it's costing us all economically, certainly, but also in terms of, uh, of human suffering that doesn't need to be
1: happening. Mm-hmm. So, Andrew Shear said yesterday, and, and look, I mean, he's, he's right about this. He says Canadians and Canadians alone should make decisions on who comes in our country and under I agree. what circumstances.
2: But couldn't agree more.
1: There's a suggestion here that somehow this, this UN combat takes that away.
2: It doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, yes. A judge could cite the compact, a political declaration, just as they could cite a G7 statement or um, anything else that that comes up in the in the uh, political world. A, a, a statement by an important politician as part of customary law. The, the bottom line is this compact does not have legal force. It's not a treaty. It's not an agreement and uh and therefore we're not obliged to do anything i mean the the federal government now is raising immigration levels in canada this compact will not affect that decision the quebec government the new quebec government is lowering immigrations in quebec this compact will not affect that in any way um it's it's basically a set of best practices that are being um held up to the world as something to shoot for and the bottom line is canada has achieved most of these standards and surpassed them in many cases. Even on, um, you know, some people are citing the compact language about hate um, propaganda and right. violence that incites hate. Uh, we have language that makes it illegal to incite hatred in Canada to publish hate propaganda. You can be charged with that, and most Canadians support um, that, 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 that those provisions in our criminal code. I think they lead to, on, on good days, a much more moderate debate in Canada. But around the world, there's a lot of propaganda being fueled by people on the extreme right, the extreme left, by governments with uh, malign agendas that is not anything other than inciting of hatred. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's right for the United Nations with the free uh, the countries that prize freedom, uh, who, who are its members behind this idea, to say, no, uh, we don't want migrants, refugees to see their lives politicized any more than there already have been, and, and there should be a limit to the, to the kind of language that can be used uh, because it's, it's costing people, not so much in Canada again, but on, on every continent of this planet, especially in the Middle East and Africa and uh, South Asia where most refugees live.
1: It's interesting because you talk about, you know, the work on some of these issues that, that uh, you did and others did uh, under Prime Minister Stephen Harper. I mean, certainly the liberals seem as though they they want to frame the debate a certain way. They want to frame the conservatives as being anti-immigration, anti-refugee, all, all of these sorts of things. Do, do you fear then that that your party may be playing into that to some degree?
2: That's my fear. Uh, they, The liberals uh, want us to appear that way. They succeeded in making us appear that way in the 2015 election. That's not the reality. We took my immigration levels to their highest level in, in Canadian history to that point. We were the first country to welcome, to say we were welcoming 10,000 Syrian refugees safely through resettlement, even before Barack Obama did that. Mm-hmm. In the election campaign, Stephen Harper doubled that number. We've been at the forefront of these issues. Um, leadership in the OECD that I mentioned, reforms of our programs by Jason Kenny, by myself, all of this has been uh, a conservative legacy in Canada uh, and a Canadian legacy, first and foremost. I'd like to see that continue.
1: Well, Chris Alexander, thanks so much for your time here today. Appreciate your perspective on this.
2: Thanks very much, Rob. All the best. All
1: right. Take care. Uh, former conservative MP Chris Alexander was, of course, immigration minister from 2013 to 2015, also former ambassador to Afghanistan. Uh, so his thoughts on all of this. So He doesn't see anything particularly of concern in this U.N. combat. It is non-binding and represents a, a global coordinated effort to try to address some of these issues. Uh, for example, 23 objectives laid out in this. Uh, they include minimizing adverse drivers and structural factors that force people to leave their home countries in the first place, right? And that, that seems like it's in Canada's interest. You prevent the situations that, that create the refugees in the first place. Uh, ensuring that all migrants have adequate documentation and identity papers. Makes sense. Uh, making objective information available on in all stages of migration, okay? Promoting an evidence-based public discourse. Uh, Saving lives and coordinating international efforts for missing migrants. Creating conditions to allow migrants to contribute to sustainable development in all countries. Again, I mean, if, if we're going to bring in refugees, asylum seekers, obviously we want them to contribute. Cooperating a safe return and readmission of migrants to their home countries. Again, that's certainly in Canada's interest. And that this compact does not stipulate any mandatory number of migrants to be accepted by a country. Uh, So Canada still sets our laws, sets our targets that we're going to bring in X number of immigrants each year. We're going to allow X number of refugees to be resettled here. We're going to have some targets or limits around the number of asylum seekers uh, that we take in. Uh, That's all still our decision. None of that's being taken away here. It is a a non-binding cooperative framework. In fact, the preamble explicitly states that it reaffirms the sovereign right of states to determine their national migration policy. So, I mean, look, we, we can take it or leave it. If we don't sign on to this, I mean, not the worst thing in the world. Uh, I just, I don't see where there's any kind of danger or slippery slope to us in signing on to it. I'm not sure how serious a lot of other countries around the world are in tackling this problem. I'm not sure that this uh, combat is going to accomplish a whole lot. And maybe I'm a little cynical about the U.N., Okay, fair enough. But I don't see anything sinister here. I don't see anything us to to fear. So if the uh, federal conservatives have some specific objections uh, to any of this, then, then sure. I mean, let's lay this out. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a debate. I get the sense that there are some people who feel kind of caught off guard by this. This seemingly comes out of nowhere. Why hasn't there been more of a discussion or debate around all of this? But again, what ultimately matters are the policies that our governments implement. The liberal government's making a very deliberate choice when it comes to uh, immigration levels. The current liberal government making some very deliberate choices about how they deal with the uh, border crossing issue. And that's where the debate should be. This compact doesn't change any of that. And this compact certainly doesn't prevent a conservative government from coming in and taking a different approach on these issues. And I think looking at how the Liberal government certainly has managed the asylum seeker issue, that there real, really is a desire for some change and a different approach to that. So that's the debate I think that matters more. I think, unfortunately, this has become a bit of a distraction.
0: Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 12:30 on News Talk, 770 Calgary.